0: It's fairly common for me to bring up how I think it is a mistake, even if it's a very common mistake, when songwriters decide to jump right into lyric writing without doing any work beforehand and basically just staring at a blank page, asking themselves to basically improvise poetry. So in this episode, we're actually going to talk about specifically what are those things that we should be doing before we start to try to write Lyrics. So, we're going to talk about five different things to do before you start writing lyrics. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Pleased to get the opportunity to be talking with you today. Honored, as always, that you would take some time out of your busy week. To be listening to any podcast or anything at all, listening, watching videos, all the different things you could be doing, Uh, the fact that you chose to take time to be learning about songwriting is something that uh, certainly I do not take lightly as somebody who cares pretty deeply about the craft of songwriting, in case it's not obvious from the, I believe, 182 or 83 episodes of this. Um, But I do appreciate that. I appreciate also that you chose to uh, be talking with me today instead instead of um, all the other choices that I'm sure exist out there. That's not lost on me. I appreciate that. So we are talking all about lyrics today and specifically the things to do before we even start writing lyrics. And I think there's about five things that we should basically almost universally do first. And the first one, uh, I, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this ever before. Uh, maybe I have, uh, but cer- certainly probably haven't talked a lot about it. But it's coming up with a working title. So the first reason for this, and this one, this part is subtle. Although, in my experience personally, rather profound, even if it seems silly. And that's that I, I, I find that I'm actually... More motivated to work on a song when it has a title, even if it's a working title, which if you don't know, is just, you know, a title that for now we're calling it this, but it's not really saying this is necessarily going to be the final title. Now, in my experience, probably 50 percent of the time or more when I come up with a working title that does end up being the actual title uh, because usually I tend to workshop the title idea enough that it already is a cool title that then I kind of want to build a song around. Um, but regardless, there's something about looking at a song, looking at a Google document, looking at a Reaper project or whatever it might be uh, that's called, you know, The Wanderer that I want to work on that more than Pensive Song in G major. And I don't know what you call your, you know, your working documents. So if you have a a Google Doc that currently has your a specific song that you're s- sort of working on, workshopping, thinking about, I don't know what you call that, um, or if maybe you start recording a song and you don't know what it's going to be called yet. Uh, I don't know how you name them, but for me, I t- tend to name them something that that gives an idea of the feel of the song, right? So pensive song from the example I just gave, and then I usually give the key. Uh, between those two things, it helps me remember sort of which one is which, and it gives me an idea for, you know, if, I, if I'm just like, I, I want to do some songwriting today, I don't know what, and if I'm in a, you know, a really, I don't know, kind of a sour mood, and I see, you know, spunky song in A major or something, I don't have anything called that, but but if, if I did... Right. Or or, uh, you know, sarcastic song in A minor or something. I'm probably going to lean towards, oh, well, maybe that's a song that I should work on. So it sort of just gives ideas in that case. Or, you know, if if I'm feeling romantic that day, if I have romantic song in C major, you know, that's the obvious choice. But the more quickly that I can move into ha- giving a working title, the more I'm like, man, I want to work on this song. The song feels real. There's something about pensive song in G major. It just feels like, ah, uh, what is that? Who cares? It's just an idea. But once I call it The Wanderer, now it feels like a song. It has an identity. And again, you can change it later. So that's the first reason. And another one is just that a title can be a great catalyst for lyrics. And this is something I do talk about a lot, but I think I think it's important to, to always have this top of mind. There are so many ways... ...to start a thing. And when I say a thing, I mean like literally anything we're creating. Right? So, for example, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was created based on not a story... ...not anything but the idea of... ...A, a teenage superhero... ...and powers revolving around a spider. That's the idea of Spider-Man. Right? The whole compelling Uncle Ben story that we've all seen a million times now... ...and all that stuff... That is not what it was built around. The original idea was just based on a, what is a comic book hero we can come up with. And sure, there's great story points that came from that. And Spider-Man is a beloved superhero now. But, like, originally, it just came from, like, what would be cool? Teenagers are into comic books. Let's give teenagers a teenage superhero. And it worked, right? Star Wars. Uh can't not talk about Star Wars. It was created by George Lucas as a space opera because he wanted to write make a space opera. He tried to get the rights for Flash Gordon. He couldn't get them. So he's like, all right, I'll make my own. Right? The idea didn't come from like, hey, I want to have this character, Luke Skywalker, and here's his story. And then later he's like, oh, you know where this should take place? Let's have this take pl- place in a galaxy far, far away. That's not how it went. Right? It could have gone that way. But that's not how it went. So in the same way with our songs, there are so many different places that an idea can come from. And it's good to mix those up. Um, So I think often as songwriters, we we lean towards starting with like a cool guitar riff or a little musical idea, maybe a melody. And then sometimes, you know, we, we come up with maybe a story idea. A general, like, oh, let's tell the story of, like, you know, my grandfather or grandmother had this compelling story that I learned. Why don't we write about that? Or a symbol idea. Uh, I love a symbol idea as a song starter. Um, But often, especially with a symbol idea, you literally can use that symbol as your working title. I've done this plenty of times. Whispers of Angels. That was initially an, an idea as a symbol. Like the, the idea of Whispers of Angels is itself a sort of singular symbol became the title of the song. Uh, Bridge to Anywhere became the title of the song. Bus Stop be- became the title of the song. Temples of Dust became the title of the song. So even if you're not starting with a symbol idea, though, it could be a great catalyst into a song that you want to write just, just by thinking of a compelling working title that makes you excited to work on a song called that. And of course, this is going to be totally subjective, right? Because everybody has different taste in song titles. For example, I personally have massive contempt for any song title that has anything that is clearly meant for like SEO or like uses te- text speak, right? Like the fact that skater boy, boy is spelled wrong and has an eight. And yes, I know that's an old reference. But there's too many modern pop songs to make fun of for that same thing, because now it's like a thing that's done way too much. Like I can't stand that. I'm a big fan personally of of titles that either. Sometimes I'm like a fan of like single word that's just a compelling word that I'm like, hmm, interesting. I want more, right? Not a word like love, right? If a song's called love, that's like, ugh, that, like it, it looks like you didn't even try, right? But if the song's called uh, Cycle or let's take The Wanderer, you could argue that it might as well just be called Wanderer. Now, to me personally, for whatever reason, in my opinion, The Wanderer is a lot more compelling than just Wanderer. Don't ask me why. It just is. The Wanderer. It just does. It works for me. Right. And you might think "Oh, that sounds super boring to you. And that's fine. Right. It's about what is going to motivate you to keep working on that song. And what might be a good catalyst for you? For me, the idea of the wanderer—let's tell the story of the wanderer—is something that inspires a lot in me, and and, and 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 gives me an idea of where I want that song to go. I, I envision this this sort of pilgrim's progress early part of it. If you're familiar, um, almost you know, sort of doubles as a it's it's a symbolic journey, but it also is portrayed as if it's literal. Uh, so it sort of follows that angle. Specifically, I see it as going through like mountains, almost like cold mountain, I want to say, is is another book that sort of I'm pulling images from. So anyway, when I hear The Wanderer, it makes me think of all that and it makes me motivate like, oh yeah, this is a song I want to write. This, this is cool. So come up with a working title. Advice number one. Number two, do prose writing. Again, if you don't know, prose writing is literally just like you're not trying to rhyme. You're not just basic writing, just the way you would write in a journal, low pressure. You're just getting your thoughts out. And the reason for this or some of the reasons for this is low pressure, right? There's something about looking at a blank page and saying, write lyrics that if there's just a lot of times this pressure on it, like I, I don't know about you, but at least in me, there there's almost this this script in my head that says, whatever the first line you type is, is going to determine whether this is a good song or not, which of course is ridiculous, right? The probab- probability says it's not even going to make the, the song and no version of it will even make the song, right? It might be in a verse that gets totally thrown away, but it there's just all this pressure on it. And just doing prose writing first, at least for me, has been a great way to just relieve that. It's just a great way to get my thoughts out where I'm not forcing the thoughts to be poetic yet. I'm just getting different ideas out. And there's different ways to do this. One of my favorite is just simply journaling, in quotes, from a character's point of view. Now, probably most often, this is going to be your point of view. As a singer-songwriter, you're most often probably going to be writing from your own point of view – uh, and you are most often going to be the main character or a version of you is going to be the main character of the song. As I say a lot, we shouldn't be limited to that, but reality is that probably in still a majority of songs that's going to be the case. Um, so just journaling from your point of view, right? Maybe you're talking about you know a thing that happened to you 20 years ago. Maybe you're talking about something that theoretically could happen to you in the future. Maybe you're talking about something that happened that day and that's why you're writing today because something happened and you need to write about it. Regardless, basically treating it like a journal entry, right? Nobody nobody thinks about what they write in a journal. I, I don't think. I don't know. I haven't journaled like e- ever really. I mean kind of, I guess, but or, but regardless, you don't think about it, right? You just write how you feel. You get it out on the paper, and then in theory, it makes you feel better and all that. In this case, the goal is just to get all your thoughts out. So then from there, you can pick and choose like, oh, I hit on something very interesting there. And, you know, maybe I was just thinking about grandma's house and I didn't realize all the specific things about grandma's house that resonate with me, like the the smell of butterscotch cookies or I don't know, I'm making stuff up. But, you know, our gingerbread cookies or uh, the the fact the fact that she loved green. So everything was painted this this very interesting green or she always wore a green dress or maybe just dresses. You never saw your grandmother once not in a dress, you know whatever it is. maybe she had a thing for for like knickknacks and and that's what comes to your mind and you're talking about all the knickknacks in the house or whatever it might be. But through journaling often that can sort of come out and then you can think to incorporate it into your song later. But you might not have thought of that if you were had that this pressure of like, oh, I'm gonna write lyrics Another thing you can do is do something that's more object writing rather than just sort of pure prose writing in a almost journalistic sense, uh, which ob- object writing is really this idea, uh, I believe created by Pat Pattison, but uh, certainly popularized by him. I believe created by him, um, who's the author of Writing Better Lyrics and uh, several other things, but um, – the basic idea is you pick an object and you dive deep into talking about all the different senses that you get from this thing, right? What you what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, how your body feels, which I think is called like kinesthetics or something like that, right? Is your heart beating faster? Does your mouth feel dry? Stuff like that, right? That doesn't really fit into sight, sound, you know, all the normal senses, touch. Um, so for one song for just as an example, there's one song where I used imagery from a specific place back home, uh, in new England that particularly resonates with me. Uh, it's called Block Island. If you're ever in Rhode Island or in the area, check it out. It's not as great as it used to be because it got more commercialized, unfortunately, but it still is a beautiful, beautiful little Island that you can go to. Most of it is nature reserve. if you don't care about any of this, uh, unless you're from that area or you go to that area, check it out. It's very nice. It's a great place to stay for like a weekend, um, and also like the only place I've ever been where you can like walk on the beach for miles and miles and miles and not see a single human being, because uh, there's only one part of the beach that actually has people. Anyway, we're diving way too deep into a thing that has nothing to do with songwriting. My apologies, but uh, for the song, the imagery I was using for different reasons, uh, memory reasons and associations with the thing I'm, I'm this sort of the song is about, um, I decided to use that as sort of the imagery of the song. So I was diving deeper than just sort of at a beach in an ocean. I was specifically sort of imagining the vibe of this block island. Very very New England beach. Uh, which if you've been to New England, you know, like there's a different vibe of like New England, like the way the houses are built, the way the buildings are. It's just, it's it's got its own character uh, that, that other beaches don't have. Um, so that's what I was going for. So I did object writing just on Block Island to flesh out, like, what what are these images? What are the things I feel and see when sitting on the beach in Block Island? And, of course, I also imagined it at a certain time of day, right? I imagine it's sort of at dusk. Most of the people have gone away from the beach now and, um, you know, the whole bit. But that's another thing you can do. So, you know, you can do Grandma's House, to take the Grandma's House example. Um, So Overall, the idea of this prose writing is really exploration. And you'll be surprised how much this prose writing exploration can give you an idea of where to take the story, uh, maybe some symbols to use in in your story, in your song, right? Because maybe, for example, you start with the idea of you want to talk about your grandmother. You want to have a song to honor your grandmother. And you know, in, initially you think, you, you know, that, that's very vague, right? There's a million, trillion directions that can go. But then as you do prose writing about it and maybe do some object writing with grandma's house, eventually you realize that a, a lot of what what your memories of her are wrapped up in is sort of a, a central theme or image of of X, right? Maybe, maybe it was... That that one statue of Mary that she had outside, or or the or the one, you know, uh, I don't know. Let's let's say you had one of her sons, your uncle, passed away in the military or something, and 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 he has the the whole, maybe got a Purple Heart or something, and that's that's sort of a centerpiece of the house. Whatever it might be, right? A, A single symbol or a single thing might be something that pops up to you. That's like, man. Maybe the song should just sort of revolve around the imagery of that thing. Or I mentioned maybe she loved the color green. Whatever it might be, you'd be surprised when you just get into prose writing all the different things that you could pull. It might be a specific story or memory that you you might, again, you start with this idea of like, oh, this song's going to be about grandma. And as you're doing some prose writing about her, you realize that the memory that stands out the most to you from her is actually surprising. It's It's something that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. Or maybe... You know, maybe it's it's not surprising to you, but regardless, it can be a great way to pull out specific things to get into because your grandmother's too generic, but a story about that indicates her character about a time that you thought you were going to get in trouble, but she surprised you and she actually sat you down and, and, and was, you know, explained something to you and you really appreciated that the way, the way, She handled that, really stood out to you, and it made a difference in your life rather than what you expected, which was to get spanked and yelled at or something. Um, Regardless, we're exploring with this prose writing. It's a discovery type thing where we can sort of flesh out what we're going to talk about and we're also going to flesh out uh, some some of the things that will help in these other steps. For example if you do find some symbolisms to use, this can help you find pictures, which is the third thing that you should do before writing lyrics. And I get, like everything else, right, not all of these things are going to be helpful to everyone. I've specifically had at least one person tell me that they don't think that this is helpful, and that's fine. That may be true. For me, it's really hard to imagine this not being helpful, uh, but for what it's worth... Finding pictures, just two or three pieces of art with Google Images, for me, goes a hugely long way in making it easier to write lyrics. And I think the heart of this is the whole phrase, is it overused? Yes. But is it true? I think also yes. Of Pictures are worth a thousand words. And good for us, songs are usually only a couple hundred. (laughs) So if pictures are worth a thousand words, then one picture alone, in theory... Uh, is enough to like get a whole song out of and also pictures are just a great way to get instant emotion right it takes four minutes for a song to fully give you an emotional state right and maybe you get the emotion just by the intro right i'm not saying that you have to listen the whole song before it affects you emotionally at all but generally speaking, right, if, if I think I need to get into a certain emotional zone, I'm signing up for more or less four minutes when I use a song to get in the emotional zone. what If it's an episode of a TV show, I'm probably taking 30 minutes, a movie, two hours, a book, six plus hours, right? Pictures are a great way to you look at the screen and in one second you're in that emotional place which helps to keep the tone similar as you're writing and working on the other parts of the song. If you're looking at the same three pictures that evoke certain emotions in you and certain memories in you, and if you're looking at those same three pictures when you're writing every part of your song, it will really help to make your song feel tonally united. right? Because as as writers, especially if I start writing a song today when I'm feeling a certain way, and six months from now, Maybe I, I am feeling totally different when I write the second verse. And then when I write the chorus, I'm in a different mood. It can start to feel totally disjunct. And is that a word? Conj- disjunct? That, that sounds wrong. Regardless. Um, it can start to feel totally off. It's similar to... Um, it's pretty common to criticize and I think rightfully so the whole songwriting by committee that happens in pop music. I think that's why pop music generally has very little soul. Uh, it feels cookie cutter and like it was made in a machine and that's because it has like like almost any pop album if you look at it. If you look at the songwriting credits, it has like nine people on it. Like nine people wrote one song, really. And the reason that I think it sounds cookie ch- c- cookie cutter generic, and unmemorable lyrically, right? It's just like the same crap over and over again, it feels like often. I'm not saying all, I'm not saying all, okay? You can calm down, but a lot of it, um, it is because it, you know, nine people don't experience even one specific thing the exact same way, right? If you're writing a song about your love of your mother with nine other people, you have nine totally different mothers, right? How you feel about your mother is going to be not exactly the same, right? There's going to be a mix of emotions in there. Even if they're mostly positive, even positive emotions, not every positive emotion is the same, right? There's So, and and, and, and a breakup, right? When I think of a breakup, I might be thinking of the bitter element of it. You're thinking about the sad element of it. Somebody else is thinking of the regret element of it, right? And so, of course, tonally, it just gets all mixed up when there's all these different writers whereas one person can have one singular vision which feels more real to us because that that is how people really experience things right nobody experiences a breakup like nine different people all glued together into one that's not no it's a, it's a very personal single how i feel thing so anyway to me, the picture thing is like taking it to the next level because even how I feel about something or the emotional place I'm in today is it's never going to be exactly the same. It's just not, right? That there might be one day that I'm more, you know, bitter that I'm writing a song, and then another day I'm tired and just cranky, which is different, right? And and that can affect the tone of the song, but something that, at least for me, helps mitigate that. And helps that is these pictures. You have these pictures, boom, it takes you back to the specific emotion. You're looking at the same pictures, it's hard to not be inspired towards the same tone. And get creative here. Pictures can be literal pictures of images you use, right? Like if it's, let's stick with the grandmother thing, you know, if it's a picture of literally your grandmother holding your hand as a small child, like, great, great. But also, it can be imagery that gives you the same feel that you want your song to have. It doesn't have to represent the exact subject, right? So it, it, it can be just art that evokes a similar emotion or feel that you want your song to have. That you think to yourself, if this were the backdrop, the image that were paired with my song, it would feel right. It would feel like they have the same tone. So find pictures. I would recommend getting at least three. And from there, in, ca- in case it's not obvious, by the way, you can do this, especially the last two steps, I think you can do in either order. Often I think I find pictures first because sometimes prose writing after you find some pictures is even easier. You can prose write off of a picture you're looking at. You can literally even start by just describing what the picture looks like and the emotions the picture makes you feel. And then of course you can go the opposite direction, right? Your prose writing can can illuminate what type of images you can go find. And you can do a mix of both, right? Who says you can only do prose writing once and call it a day, right? You can do some prose writing, find pictures based on that, and then do prose writing based on the pictures that you found, and then find pictures based on that prose writing, right? So you can do all of these things in all different orders, and 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 they'll be helpful. So fourth thing is create a word bank or pool. So this helps, to have, it helps when you're When you actually have to write lyrics, it helps to have a large pool or list of evocative, precise words that would fit tonally with your song. So if you want to talk about grandma's house and make it feel like her house, having a list of all the sights in her house, the things you see, right, different items in her house, smells of her house, the colors of her house, all on a list will help because you, you, you can pull from that, right? If you need a, a descriptive word for her dress and then, you know, you wrote down her love of green, right? You might, oh, green dress. Okay, there, there's the image I want. And I'm not saying that that specific thing is good, but <laughs> just as an example, right? Having all these different words that you can sort of pull from, or let's say you have a song about adventure, having a list of words like risk, hazard, chance, venture, journey, odyssey, voyage, stakes, fantasy, romance, tale, thriller, wonderland, epic, trip, exploring, right? They're all kind of similar to adventure and they might be something that you might want to use, right? You're talking about an adventure. And if you use the word exploring in your song, that will help to sort of evoke that adventurous feel, just like voyage. If I say the word voyage, doesn't that inherently sound like an adventure to you? So even though the the core idea that that you might want to go after in your song, or one of the core ideas might be this idea of adventure. You know, you can't just say over and over again, let's go on an adventure, and then people are like, oh, I feel adventurous, this seems adventurous. In fact, you can go the opposite direction and not use the word adventure at all and still make a song feel genuinely adventurous. Just like you can have a song with a title that the title is not even in the song, and yet it feels right. Because the song evokes what the title says, even if the title isn't actually pulled from a lyric. So in the same way, you can have a song that evokes the feeling of adventure by having words like you know phrases like take a risk and 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 you know going on a voyage. And by the way, these are terrible ver- verbs. Don't use this going going in a song like not that you should never use it, but going is a ter- is not a very good don't 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 use it generally. Go find a better verb. But anyway, main idea, you can have if you have words like risk and voyage and stakes and romance and tale and wonderland and epic and exploring, those all together scream adventure. It's it's almost the lyrical equivalent of the writing concept of show, don't tell. Right? Don't tell me it's an adventure, show me it's an adventure by using words that evoke the feeling of adventure. So, personally, how I do this is what I call my related words document. Uh, so, I usually pick out four to eight what I consider core words and then find related words using relatedwords.org. Again, it's literally just called relatedwords.org. You type in a word, hit enter, and it will give you not synonyms, that's different, right? But just words related to it. So, the example I usually give, you know, if you type in beach, right? There are only so, so many synonyms for beach, lighthouse, and uh, and and pier and boardwalk are not synonyms for beach, right? But they all evoke the feeling of a beach. Like a board, if you think of a boardwalk, can you even imagine a boardwalk without a beach? I, may, this might be New England talking, but for me, no. Like l- legitimately, they're hand in hand. Or pier, right? Pier evokes the feeling of beach, even if it doesn't specifically say it. So relatedwords.org and doing a related words document is great for that. So anyway, so I pick like four to eight core words and then go to relatedwords.org, type in each of those four to eight words and find all the related words that I think evoke something similar. And from there, I have a whole pool of words to dip my my hand into, if you will, to grab, to put inside the actual lyric. Uh, so to go with the grandma example, right, you might come up with tough Right. Maybe she was somebody she went through a lot in her life. Right. She survived the Great Depression or something. So she was a tough lady, but also she was loving and tender at the same time. So maybe have the word love or tender uh, home. Right. Maybe your grandma's house always felt like true home to you. Uh, resilient. Right. Maybe maybe your grandma, what you think of when you think of your grandma is resilient. You know, maybe your grandfather died way before you were born. She did it all on her own. She had to learn to be resilient. She had to raise five kids by herself. I don't know. Um, you know, and you know, and then again, maybe green was her color and and cookies. She always baked cookies when when you when you uh were there. So whatever it might be, picking some of the words that stand out from maybe your prose writing, from maybe the images that you got, you know, and these can be things that are imagery based, these can be literal. It doesn't matter. Some of the core words and then literally just finding related words to that. And all of a sudden you have a giant pool of great evocative words to pull and then use in your song, which brings us to number five. The final thing that that I think you should do before you start writing lyrics is. Uh, And this one, frankly, is something a little bit newer to me. These other ones I had been doing for a long time, but this last one is something that I really started using probably in the last year, and I've really loved it so far, and that's to write an outline. So after you've done everything we've talked about, you've fleshed out the ideas for where your lyrics should generally go quite a bit. right? You have all different ideas, hopefully, by this point. You have images that evoke the right emotions you have uh, or give the right images literally right like give you imagery to use in your song you have a a huge pool of words that are evocative of what some of the main things that you want to hit or the feel that you want your song to have you've done some journaling almost some prose writing maybe some object writing to flesh out specifics maybe that's allowed you to discover specific stories you want to dive into so now a good thing to do is figuring out the general outline of what each song section will cover because and we talked about this I believe in last week's episode usually you want to dive deeper right dive into specific moments that show people who your grandmother is don't tell them right don't don't tell us that your grandmother is loving and she went through a lot in her life and blah 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 right don't don't tell me that. That's not, you know, if you tell me how it's not inherently bad necessarily to say, you know, to tell me that her son and her husband died both in war, just, you know, 20 years separated or something like that. You know, there's maybe a way to tell me that where it's efficient and it's fine, but it usually is better to show me, you know, show me her character, show me how she is a loving person despite all this stuff that's happened to her that, that could excuse her becoming a bitter person. And she didn't anyway, show me by saying, talking about, you know, the, the, the two, um, you know, how I I, may, I don't know if you had a, a military member in your family pass away, but I, I think this happens for all of them. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but you get the, the whole like triangle with the folded flag in it. Um, just because they served in the military and it's a really cool thing right so um and obviously if you're not in the US I'm sure this doesn't apply I assume this is just a US thing but I don't know um but regardless right you could just you could just say that or you could say you know three purple hearts on the wall there's different things that you can say images you can show that that show us what happened or give give us an idea enough of an idea what happened um without actually telling And there also might just be specific moments, specifically maybe that you discovered in your prose writing, where you discovered memories or specific moments that are things you think you should cover. Right? So maybe your song centers around your grandmother, but you discovered that, you know, maybe the stories you want to tell are the first time that you remember getting in trouble with her and the way that she treated you was. So loving and yet stern. So you learned your lesson and yet, you know, she didn't demean you or, so, I don't know, something, right? So that was a meaningful memory. And that might flesh out a certain part of the character that you want to flesh out. And then maybe, you know, it's it's a, it's the story of how she got out of the hospital early after chemo. And forgive me, I, I don't know much about this stuff. Maybe you just walk out of chemo like five minutes later and that I don't really know. It can be surgery, right? It can be whatever. And she got out early and she's going through a lot and she's in a ton of pain, but she made sure to still show up at your hockey game or the play that you were doing or the talent show that you were doing, right? So that's another specific memory that tells a lot about your grandmother or shows a lot about your grandmother, right? You don't have to explain how she's unselfish and loving. You showed me that by telling us the story of how she came to your hockey game right after going through chemotherapy or something. right? That's, that speaks a ton to her character without telling me, per se, or showing me. And so coming up with an outline can help you figure out, instead of just meandering through, like, Verses need to say things about your grandmother and the chorus needs to have some central theme or idea about your grandmother. That's very generic and it can be hard to figure out, well, what do I say? But if you come up with an outline that covers, you know, in the verse, I want to introduce her by, you know, maybe maybe you introduce her. Maybe you're going backwards in time. Maybe you decide to introduce her as as a woman, you know, in hospice. And you're looking at her, and you're just, you know, maybe she can't even speak anymore. So then the second verse is going backwards in time to explain why this is a tragedy. Which of course anybody dying is a tragedy, but, but you know, at first you're just laying the groundwork of here's here's this this old woman who is is about to pass. Let me explain to you why she's amazing in the second verse. Right, so you go back to the story of maybe the chemo and hockey thing, and then maybe the third verse goes back even farther in time and tells another story when she was even more when she was healthy, right? So that you get sort of the whole the whole bit of like, you know, we see how you are responding to her inevitable death in the first verse, in the second verse, we're showing her character in the face of adversity, and maybe that third verse goes back to even. Before she was dealing with cancer and all these other things, who, who, what her character was, and showing maybe a great consistency in who she was. So write an outline. At least have an idea of what is the first verse going to accomplish, what's the main story we're going to tell, what's the main idea that we are going to give in this first verse, what is it going to be in the chorus, et cetera. And this doesn't have to be perfect, right? So you might start with first verse, chorus, second verse, bridge, and that's it. And then you realize that the bridge didn't quite get to everything that you felt you needed to, and maybe the the song should have a second bridge, or maybe it should have a fourth verse, or a third verse. I think I only has said two verses, so it needs to have a third verse, right? Your sort of classic, um, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, right? That's that's a fairly common structure. So maybe it's that, or maybe it's one of the, also a classic is, I mean, most song structure, sorry, but uh, you know, you have a half of a verse at the very end of the song, right? So it's your verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, and then a small verse to end the song. Not uncommon either. Regardless, this isn't something that you are constraining yourself to what is in this outline so much as it gives you a goal of like, okay, first verse, this is what I'm going to talk about. You might end up throwing it out and changing what that section is, but at least gives you an idea of specifically what to write about rather than like, all right, I'm writing about grandma. Like that's too vague. That's, that's, uh, uh, of course, we're going to stare at a blank page and not come up with anything because we're setting ourselves up to fail. So the connecting tissue of all these things, right, is we're trying to Gather all the different ideas and images and emotions and all the different options of specifically where we want to dive in. Because usually our initial idea isn't deep enough, as we talked about last week, right? So the idea of like, oh, I want to write about that breakup that happened to me. That is not deep enough. You got to go deeper, right? You got to go into, I want to talk about how I felt in the moments right after she broke my heart and I was staring at her and I felt betrayed, but – blah 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 right you want to get into the specific moment or the specific moment of six months later when you see her again and all the emotions come back and you thought that you were over it but you weren't right because those are two distinct they to- feel totally different um so we talked about that last week where you you dive in deeper and something that can be helpful to diving in if you didn't get to dive in as much as you would have liked just in the idea generating process is is really what we're talking about here Right. We're exploring all the different things. You know, you want to write a song about your grandmother, but you don't know necessarily what. And then through the course of doing all these things, the main thing that came up is that you wanted to sort of hammer home this idea of she had incredible consistency of love and unselfishness, even in the face of huge adversity. And she still remained unselfish all the way till the end. Right. So maybe one verse covers that even in her hospice bed, she's more concerned about how are you rather than talking about herself and the pain she's going through, which, you know, nobody would hold against her because she's in hospice care. Uh, but, you know, that, that would say a lot about a person. The fact that they're more concerned about you and how is your flute recital. I'm so sorry I couldn't be there yesterday, right? Um, so, again, real quick, come up with a working title. Do prose writing find pictures, create a word bank or pool specifically, I recommend doing the related words document specifically, but uh, you know maybe that's not for you, but I would still encourage you to at least come up with a, a word bank or pool of just different words that that feel right to go with this song uh, that you can literally pull from when you are actually writing lyrics like literally pull the word be like, oh, you know what's a great word that I have here. I see I use the word uh, you know crave. That's a great word. That I want to use. That's evocative of what I want or desolate or whatever. Resilient. I feel like that's come up a lot in this episode. So anyway, this is all sort of fleshing out more or less what you could consider the second step of uh, the six-step lyric writing checklist that I often talk about. So if you're interested in learning the whole six-step lyric writing checklist, be sure to check that out. It's at songwritertheory.com lyric checklist. Link will be in the description slash show notes, whatever it's called. As always, again, this was basically step two. Last week we kind of dived into step one. Today is sort of diving deeply into step two. Uh, And, of course, we can all do basic math, so you know that leaves four other steps, uh, including my personal favorite and maybe the most helpful of them all, which is iterative lyric writing or iterative lyric editing. Either works. Uh, I think there's an argument for both, which is why I use them both interchangeably. Um, and since I made it up, uh, I get to determine the name. I just apparently suck at that. So <laughs> so here we are. Um, but anyway, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Totally free. Go check that out. If you found this helpful, I'm sure you will find that helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of you who send out emails. I did get to catch up on emails. I think it was uh, last week. Maybe it was a week and a half ago now. It's hard to keep track of time. Lots of stuff going on. Um, I'm sure there are several emails that I have to get to. Again, I appreciate all of you who do reach out via email. I do. I'm I'm still at the point where I can respond to every single email personally. Uh, at some point, there might be a little delay. Forgive me for that, but I will absolutely get to your email as of recording this. If you're listening three years from now, I can't promise that that's still the case. Who knows? Maybe I'm getting a thousand emails a day. I doubt it, but <laughs> you never know. Um, but if you're listening live, I still do that. I still uh, have time for that, uh, which is great. I love, love, love getting to go back and forth via email with all of you. It's awesome. I appreciate that you're willing to reach out to me. And uh, hey, I think it was last week's episode that was directly inspired by an email question. So if you have questions, if specific things you want me to cover, reach out via email. It's a great way for it to happen. Uh, you, I think, like... Almost all the things I've ever been emailed about I have then covered. Maybe not within the next couple of weeks, but pretty shortly after. There's only one recently I basically said no about, but that's because as I told that person, um, I didn't feel qualified to talk about it. Um, I forget what it was exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it was, it was something that I'm like, I'm, I'm not very good. At. It might've been something to do with like the business side of songwriting or something where I just didn't feel that I was qualified to talk about it. And I only want to talk about things that I feel I'm qualified to talk to you all about. I don't want to pretend to know things I don't know, uh, which is what I explained to the person. So, so that's different, right? If there are those things, I might not cover, cover that stuff. But, uh, besides stuff like that, I historically have, I, unless I missed something, <laughs> which forgive me if I did, but, uh, It's a great way to get me to cover something specific that uh, that you want, like, you know, maybe what you needed to know was, hey, what should I do before starting to write lyrics or, uh, you know, what's what's three ways you've found to edit your melody to be more intriguing or I don't know, just as examples. So anyway, I appreciate all of you who reach out via email. I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to leave kind reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else allows you to review. If you haven't already, uh, I would appreciate it if you would consider leaving a kind five-star review. Help more people find this podcast. If you find it helpful, a great way to help me out is simply by doing that so that more people uh, will have the opportunity to find it. And then hopefully we can help more people uh, with learning how to songwrite better. And just talking about songwriting, right? Somebody recently in email said something about how they appreciated that it this podcast felt less like um, I forget the exact wording that they used, but you know, not 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 just like they didn't use this wording, but sort of the vibe of it was like it's not somebody talking down to like this is what you must do. It was more like a you know talk, talking with a friend uh, about it, which is good because that's exactly the vibe that I at least have always wanted to go for. I like the idea of the vibe of you and I sitting together at a coffee shop just talking. I know it's a one, I know it's one directional because it's a podcast; it, it has to be. But uh, I've always fancied it like that. So hopefully, that's what's coming, what comes across. I'm sure i failed at that at times, but um, anyway, I appreciate that email. I appreciate all of you who leave kind of reviews. If you haven't already, please do. Again, songwritertheory.com/slash/lyric checklist if you want to check out the full six steps that I go through when. Writing lyrics to help set ourselves up for success lyrically, which I think is overall the hardest part of the songwriting process, even if I also think it's the most rewarding. uh, certainly is the most brutal. The joke always is. Uh, My friends that I know that just write music without lyrics, I tease them about, like, man, I would release a song every single day if I just had to do music. But i release, like, five every two years instead because (laughs) I have to write lyrics. Um, But anyway... Again, thanks for listening. I appreciate every single one of you and I will talk to you in the next one.